Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We're your hosts, James and Anthony. Today's episode is movie news number 56, where we talk about the latest news in film and TV from the past week. All right, movie friends, we're happy to be here discussing the news. A lot happened this past week, lots of trailers, lots of cool announcements, and actors doing press revealing things. Let's get into the box office first of all, and that was a good solid box office overall. However, Thor top uh, came out on top once again for its second straight weekend with $40 million. However, even though that sounds like very good news, it was actually an 80% drop from its opening weekend, which is actually pretty bad. You do not want a movie dropping below 60% for the second weekend. Clearly, the word of mouth for the movie did not spread as well as other Marvel movies. Uh, the, at the moment, Thor is at $400 million worldwide. It looks like with a drop like this, they're not going to hit a billion, not even close. I'm guessing $600 million and around 650 million tops for Thor 11 Thunder worldwide. And this came out on Thursday, yeah. so it's been 10 days about, mm-hmm. 11 days, that this movie's been out. It's only at $400 million. That is not a successful film from Marvel. You know, that it's probably broken even right now at $400 million because it's $250 million budget, $100, $150 million on the marketing. They marketed this thing like crazy everywhere. So it's not going to be a very successful film for Marvel, which is not good news for them. Having two bad film releases with Lightyear and then Thor: Love and Thunder for Disney back to back total, for yeah. Disney. So. Actually, it's actually way worse than that because when you factor in the marketing, the entire budget for this film was about four hundred million, and so they're not even broken even. They're still splitting profits with the theaters, and so Disney wants Thor to make eight hundred million. That's their number. When you have a four million four hundred million dollar budget, you want to double that. So they want to make eight hundred million. That's their spot. So it doesn't look like they're going to hit that. Yeah, four hundred million seems like a lot for a movie, but it's Marvel, Min yeah. Disney. So remember. they spent a lot of money on it. So that is not good news for them. Minions is still killing at twenty five million. Where the Crawdads Sing that just premiered this weekend at fifteen million opening weekend. Very respectable. Uh, they were projecting it at ten million opening weekend. So fifteen million. Clearly, the fans for that book showed up. Twenty five million dollar budget. So it's going to be a successful film once its theatrical run is done top gun is still putting <laughs> butts in seats 11 million weekends it's past 600 million domestic just in the u.s and canada alone elvis another successful weekend nine million dollars so that movie's been also a pleasantly successful surprise for the studio yeah. elvis has 150 million worldwide which is very good and also top gun has surpassed titanic as paramount's most successful domestic movie let's go so that's pretty wild all right let's get into the news so the rings of power and amazon released a fourth teaser trailer? Is this a teaser still? It's yeah. another teaser. So what I'll say about this teaser, still have no idea what the show's about. <laughs> and we're, what, two months away from the release? The visual effects look incredible. They this look trailer looks great. Yeah. It's the best looking trailer I've seen so we've seen so far. Got a little bit more in terms of scope of, but really the trailer all is is a bunch of characters in different locations. It was a sizzle reel. It's not, we don't yeah. really know what the story is, what the plot is, except, you know, Galadriel seems to be the lead of the show, it appears. Um, visual effects look great because obviously Weta Digital did this show in their top the of the best. industry. You yeah, know? They're the best. So it's going to look stunning, but I don't know why they're still hesitant to show the storyline of the show. Why, why, why are they not revealing the plot yet? I'm, I don't know if they're just trying to do some sort of new marketing scheme to wait till we're even closer to the release date to show what the show is actually about. Yeah. Um, because I still don't know the plot of it. It seems like... Yeah, I, I thought it was odd to not get more a more sense of the story because this is, like you said, the fourth teaser trailer. It seems as though everything's going to be hinged upon, like there's a falling star or, or like an asteroid hitting Earth and everyone looks up 
at this thing passing above the sky. It seems like that's going to be a unifying moment for every character and will set the stage for the story. That's my guess. Yeah, but like yeah. The, less than the plot. Yeah, I know, yeah. So I don't really know what the plot is. That's the, that was the third teaser trailer. <laughs> Where there's right. 30 different people looking. Right. Shooting right. the asteroids. But I so, will say the CGI looks a lot better than in the first trailer. It looks. It, I was it, I was pleasantly surprised, and I thought it looked terrific. Looks looks incredible. Lots of great wide landscapes. But yeah. hey, it looks pretty. Is it going to be good? We don't know we'll, yet. We'll find we'll out. Find out. Yeah. Next up, The Gray Man premiered in Los Angeles, and the embargo is lifted, and it's getting lukewarm reviews. It's currently rotten on Rotten Tomatoes, right? Uh, it's 60%. Okay, so it's just, a, yeah, just, just above, fresh. But it's not just critics, because we always bash Rotten Tomatoes, but fans are also giving it lukewarm responses. It only has a 6 on IMDb, I believe, which is not good. Uh, not a good score for IMDb ratings. It's actually 6.8 on IMDb, 52% okay. Rotten Tomatoes, so 52%. it is rotten. So um, check your sources, Anthony. Oh, I, that was not up to date. Well, I checked my sources yesterday. They must be new. Uh, new yeah, people yeah, saw yeah, it. Sure, sure. But still, six point eight is not very good, especially because when movies come out, they tend to have a higher rating and then they drop a little bit in the IMDb rating once more people see it. So, so to start at six point eight, not a very strong start for the Gray Man. And it's a pretty big movie, you know, huge cast, yeah. great actors, and Netflix's. I think it's Netflix's biggest movie so far. And it's the second film from the Russo brothers outside of the MCU. Yeah. So, and their first one was also very lukewarm Cherry. with uh, yeah. Tom Holland. Yeah. So, I don't know if these guys need to stick to Marvel or what, but yeah. I, I, we're gonna see it. Obviously, yeah. I, I, are they doing theatrical releases for this? Or it's it... a limited release uh, in New York and LA and a couple other theaters around the country, but then uh, it comes fully on Netflix on the 22nd. All right, we're definitely going to see it in theaters. Yeah. We're going to see our, our boy Ryan on the big screen. <laughs> and, and don't forget Anna. And, and of course, Chris Evans. It's an attractive cast. Is <laughs> this stealing the... Uh... <laughs> hot stars of the... It's the Denis Villeneuve cast. Yeah, yeah. He's hot and yeah. talented. <laughs> Next up, Blumhouse has reported that they have grossed $5 billion at the global box office worldwide for all of their films which is insane. Uh, such a great success from Jason Blumhouse to build a studio on his own and to make movies with small budgets, like very small budgets these movies are are being produced for, and they're grossing huge sums of money. I think the biggest budget they had was with Get Out, possibly. No, Get Out was like $4 million. Oh, for a... Yeah, I think you're right, it's actually. Yeah. budget. So I mean, Blumhouse has got to be the most successful profit-wise studio of the last 20 years. Yeah. To pull in $5 billion, and all the movies you're making are extremely small budgets. It's really impressive, so congrats to Blumhouse. People love their movies. Next up, Jamie Foxx is back. I feel like I haven't seen this guy in a movie yeah, in forever. Yeah. He's taken down vampires in the upcoming action comedy Day Shift, which also stars Dave Franco. It seems like a really fun horror comedy buddy cop sort of situation. James Frank- I mean, uh, Dave Franco's character is very silly as well, but I think their dynamic looks great in the trailer, so I'm pretty excited to check this out. And is this a Netflix movie? Yeah, Netflix, Netflix movie. Yeah. Jamie Foxx and Vampires, let's go. Also, Nope is coming out very soon, and IMAX released a featurette showcasing Jordan Peele using real 65mm film cameras for the film. Uh, this movie looks terrific, and I can't wait to see it on the IMAX screen. 65mm film, I think, is the highest quality uh, format you can make a movie, so it's something that Chris Nolan has been working with for a long time since... Uh, Dark Knight, he's been tinkering with IMAX and then uh, Interstellar and Dunkirk, huge format, 65mm film cameras, and it looks really impressive, so go ahead and check out that behind-the-scenes featurette. Lilo and Stitch is getting a live-action adaptation, and they have tapped director Dean Fleischer Camp, who made Marcel the Shell, so... I think that's an excellent choice because we Great really choice. loved yeah. Marcel the Shell with shoes on. 
and he seems like a great comedic director and will offer you know what we loved about that show as kids to bring to the big screen so I, i'm that's pretty what cool. was a movie before the show was there a movie yeah okay they made the show after the movie okay i'm remembering <laughs> was it nickelodeon Disney. Disney? Yeah. Yeah, you're Dis- right. It was on okay, Disney. Disney. Yeah. So I'm down to see that. Live action, I, w- I wonder what the monster's going to look like. I-, I-, I hope they stay true to the design of Lilo. Let's make it a blue baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> because with Sonic, when when the, remember the designs yeah, yeah, came yeah, out, yeah, I was yeah, like, what yeah. the fuck is this thing? I think after Sonic, studios are like, let's make sure it looks accurate to the original thing. So I don't think, I don't think there's going to be a Sonic problem with this. Also, he did a great job with uh, with uh, Marcel with the, sho- the shell with shoes on. So I think he's a great choice. Uh, if anyone hasn't heard, no, I'm sorry, I meant Stitch. Stitch. Stitch is the monster, not Lilo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a, a fan made Winnie the Pooh movie, but it's a rated R killer uh, horror movie. Horror movie, and Winnie Winnie just kills people with an axe. And there's a uh, there's a trailer you can watch, and also they just released a poster of Winnie the Pooh carrying holding a bloody axe, and it just looks ridiculous. I, I actually can't wait to watch this thing. Speaking of Baby Yoda and Grogu from The Mandalorian. Joe Dante, the director of Gremlins, says that Baby Yoda was completely stolen from his films with Gizmo, the Gremlin, and I can't unsee this article and I can't unrealize this because we all love Grogu, we all love Baby Yoda, but I mean Gremlins and Gizmo is such a great character, an iconic little, little yeah. monster. You named your cat Grim- Gizmo. My first cat named Gizmo, of yeah. course. Yeah, Gizmo is the best. But now I'm like, oh my god, Baby Yoda is Gizmo. Literally, yeah, it's it's very the the design's very similar, and obviously, I mean, the baby, personality yeah, too, the personality, yeah, because the design is already it's we already have Yoda, so obviously he has the ears and he's little, but I would say the design definitely reminds you of Gizmo, especially like the way it, the animatronics move and the eyes and the interactions with the characters, especially as opposed to the to the boy who who gets Gizmo uh, in in. in Mando with Baby Yoda, it is very similar the relationship. It's and I can I mean. I, Everyone borrows from everyone else, so you can't say like. Yeah. I mean, but like it is interesting. I'm sure Joe Dante was like he saw Mandalorian. He was like mother efforts. <laughs> like I could, they just ripped me off. But so. I still also think that like it was very heavily inspired by Baby Groot too. Baby Groot, I think, was an, an impactful for Disney of saying we need more baby. Favreau was probably like we let's take Baby Groot and yeah. Gizmo and make Baby Yoda out yeah. of it. Yeah, kind of would <laughs> seem what they would be create too. Daniel Kaluvia. He's been doing press uh, for her. Nope. And he revealed that he has a production company that's called 56%. And they are in the middle of producing a Barney film. Barney, the, the kid's purple dinosaur. So making a feature film out of Barney. But he's like the guy in the Barney suit. Like, it's about that, right? No, he's just producing it. So it's a kid's film? It's a kid's film. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's going to be a kid's movie about Barney. I don't think we've had one of those I yet. I thought it was going to be like a, a drama no, of no, like no, the no, guy no, in the no, Barney no. suit like no, no. smoking <laughs> cigarettes out back. Like, I hate these kids. I can't no. take them anymore. No, he said. Oh, this no. goddamn suit's killing me. My balls is. <laughs> so in the interview, he said he loves kids' movies. Gotcha. And he wants to make movies all. He, as a producer, he wants to make all kinds of movies, not just dramatic films. So he wants to also produce kids' movies. Very so cool. Looks fun. Scream 6 just casted Samara Weaving and Tony Revolori. I wonder who the, the killer is going to be. <laughs> I mean, I like both these these actors a lot. Samara, oh, I love them. Yeah. Samara is awesome in Ready or Not, and also she's going to be in Babylon. Tony Revolori is great. We all know him from Grand Budapest Hotel, and he's flashed in the Spider-Man movies for Marvel. So, I mean, I guess my interest in this film just got peaked because... That's pretty cool casting. For me, it seems like unless Tamara Weaving is the lead, the lead, she's gonna be the villain. So it's, it, I think when you cast a big name like that, it's like kind of obvious she might be the killer. Maybe they have a new idea for the story. Maybe she's like someone else. I don't know. 
<laughs> Maybe she's actually playing herself. Maybe. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Tony Revolori is also on Logic's new album. It's pretty funny. Oh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> like he raps on it? No, he's, he, leaves, he leaves him voicemails. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's really funny. It's an entire track of it. <laughs> also, uh, in the news, Ryan Gosling doing press for The Gray Man. He's been talking about Wolfman, which is his upcoming Universal Monster movie. Being directed by Direction France, they've made two great movies, Place Beyond the Pines and Blue Valentine together. Uh, excellent director. He also just made a HBO series um, last year with Mark Ruffalo. That's really good, uh, where he plays identical twins. Uh, I'm we really... lost. We lost out in that cast. Yeah, we lost. Yeah, we auditioned, and they were like, "Get out of here! <laughs> you don't need actual." You're not. Ru- you're not Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> Are you an Avenger? No, get out of here. <laughs> but um, I think it's a really interesting director to have for Wolfman. He's a terrific writer and director. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do, what they cook up for Wolfman. I think to make Wolfman interesting, you got to do something against the curve and. Uh, outside the box, and they seem like a pair that could definitely do that. Man, we've, I've been hearing this for years. I just want it to happen. Gosling is the wolf, man. Let's go. We've been talking about it for like eight years, I think. Something like that. <laughs> about that? Yeah. Eight years? That's been on the in the rumors since like 2014. What? Yeah, dude. What are you smoking? I'm smoking. 2014? Oxygen. Yeah, dude. I don't know. That's like before we moved to LA. Yeah, they were talking about it. I don't know. Maybe. I don't, I'm not in on this. 2014. I, I'm a personal years, friend. Eight years in development. I'm personal friends with them, so <laughs> we've been. Maybe you weren't in the like, group text. Benicio's Wolfman came out in 2012. No. Yeah. Sooner than that. Uh, I think it was like 2012. Anyways, Hugh Grant leads the shortlist <laughs> to play disgraced Prince Andrew in Scoop movie. Peter Moffat is set to adapt Scoop's behind the scenes of BBC's most shocking interviews by Sam McAllister for the feature film. And Moffat, he's been a writer on Doctor Who. He helped write the Sherlock series, so he's a great British writer, uh, famous for UK television. I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, it could be a really interesting movie. 2010, The Wolfman. Announcement? When it came out. Okay, so I was off by two years. You were off. So There's no way they were like, okay, we need to recast Ryan Gosling. I'm just saying Ryan Gosling said he wanted to do it. You said eight years ago. I know. I'm, no, I'm talking about when the movie The Wolfman was released. I know. I'm saying, there's, me, here, let I'm me, saying there's no way Gosling Ryan was in talks Gosling, for Wolfman eight years ago. Wolfman 2014. Just keep going. Keep going on movie news. <laughs> there's a new trailer for all you uh, exorcism demon fans. Um, there's a movie called Pray for the Devil where Jacqueline Byers plays a character who's trying to fend off the forces of evil. It looks really cool. looks like a great, like, uh, we haven't had one of these in a while, Exorcist movies. Yeah. It's been a while. It, it kinda, used to be like three lot, a year. Yeah, it used to be a, it was it was the a trend. big trend. <laughs> in the 2010s, yeah. Exorcist Dude, movies every exorcism year. Exorcism of Emily <laughs> Rose. Exorcism of Steve. <laughs> exorcism of Juno the Cat. Hey, what happened to your search? I found it. So ready. I found an interview <laughs> of Ryan Gosling when he was seven saying, I hope to play the Wolfman one day. My with Wolfman Universal. movie's in development. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my friend Derek Chiffons, who I am a pen pal of. We so will you're, you're full of shit. I, I found it. Anyways, <laughs> Stranger Things news kind of. Finn Wolfhard is actually co-writing, <laughs> co-writing and co-directing a movie. It's going to be called Hell of a Summer. He's making it with fellow actor-turned-filmmaker Billy Burke, which is really cool. He actually it's Brick. Brick. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Finn actually made a short film, Night Shifts. He worked on, on a short film that won an award at Fantasia Film Festival. So that's pretty cool to be that young and make co-directing a movie which, with someone else. What's he, like 18 now? He's also uh, soon going to be heard and Pinocchio, Guillermo del Toro's film. I like how, um, because he has plenty of money and power now in the industry as a young kid, to, to be able to make your own projects. I think that's something young actors never did until recently. To now be like, like that I'm, young. Yeah, to be that young making your own projects. I think it's a really good move for him. Also, is, because, is he even 20 yet? 
I don't know. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. They're all pretty young still. I think he's 20. Finn Wolfhard like is 19. Wow, good for him. That's so cool. Uh, the Black Phone has reached $100 million at the box office globally. Nice. Big hit. It was only a $25 million budget, so congrats to them. Blumhouse. Yeah, Blumhouse once again coming in hot. Coming in hot. And it's still making money. It's still in theaters. It's going to be on uh, video VOD on Friday, so I kind of want to watch it next Yeah, weekend. we recommend it. Heck yeah. Also, Francis Ford Coppola's Passion Project Megalopolis is filming soon in Georgia with Adam Driver in a stacked cast. Uh, what's really interesting about this project is that Coppola funded it himself, $100 million budget on his own with his own money. He financed it, so he's going to have complete control over it. I'm really looking forward to it. He said it's a, he's been trying to make this film for 30 years. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. All right, let's see what else we got. The Boys College spinoff gets official title and cast intro in new BTS video. It's going to be called Gen V. So this is going to be a college set spinoff of the show The Boys. Should be interesting. We'll see. Also, BJ Novak has written and directed a film that's coming out called Vengeance. They just released a trailer and poster. It looks like a fun, dark comedy. We're actually going to the premiere uh, next week. He's starring so, in it, too. Yeah, and we're star- so we're looking forward to seeing that movie. Uh, the trailer looks like a lot of fun. That's so cool to like do so much for, with The Office and be like a producer, writer, actor on that, and then mm-hmm. finally like get to be the lead actor of your own movie that you wrote and direct. That's freaking awesome for yeah. him. I, also, I think he also produced the mini project as well. Yeah, yeah. He produces yeah. a bunch of stuff. Yeah. He had a TV show, too, that oh, came out last year. Oh, did he? Like yeah. his own TV show? Yeah. Interesting. There's been a new trailer for the new, the next installment of the Orphan franchise, the horror movie Orphan, which came out like 10 years ago. It's a good horror movie, but they just released a trailer. Same actress is playing um, the, the title character, but it shows her first kill. So it's about the uh, her, her the initial story. It's basically Orphan Origins. Origins, Orphan. <laughs> looks like, it actually looks pretty good. Julia Stiles plays her actual um, biological mother. In the first film, she was adopted by a family, so it looks like <laughs> looks like pretty fun. The jokes write themselves, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Orphan origins. <laughs> Who was the per- first person she killed? <laughs> when did she first put on the dress? All right, all right. Uh, there's a trailer for the Munsters, which is coming from Rob Zombie uh, reboot, basically of the classic series, and it looks a little odd and black, not in black and white. It's very vibrant and colorful. Uh, I guess we'll see what it's like when it drops. Um, but we'll see. I like Rob Zombie as a director. You know, I like the, his first Halloween a lot when he mm-hmm. kind of rebooted that franchise, which yeah. is cool. Yeah, it looks. Um, yeah, it looks interesting. I, I didn't. I wasn't really super in love with it, but we'll see. We'll watch it and see what we think of the film. And a final story this week is actually kind of a negative story um, about visual effects artists slamming Marvel Studios. Now, first of all, visual effects artists. It's every studio basically takes advantage of visual effects artists because they. What happens is a, a studio will hire a company of effects artists to make the effects for a movie, and they're they're signed to a contract. It has no length of time. It's like when they finish the project, they finish the project, and then that company can move on to the next movie project or TV project. But what happens is um, these projects will keep going and going and last longer than the, than the visual effects company will want them to. Uh, directors won't communicate well with the with the artists. So then the, the say a CG artist like makes a a, a shot. In, in their, with CGI and then the director finally sees it and they're like that's not what I wanted because they didn't communicate well so then this, the artist has to do it all over again so it's always visual effects artists have a tough time in, in the industry but apparently Marvel is the worst studio to work for there's a bunch of visual effects artists who have worked for Marvel and who, who currently work for Marvel calling out the company saying that it's a, a bad work environment they they work them like like 
basically indentured servants. They don't get much off time, and it's apparently very stressful. Also, Marvel rushes visual effects to meet a certain date, which is why CGI in a lot of the more recent Marvel movies and TV shows has, haven't been very good, like the Moon Knight CGI, the, um, the She-Hulk trailer, the CGI was really bad. So a lot of these artists are saying that Marvel pushes the CGI, doesn't let them finish it properly. That's why it often doesn't look great. And also, they're just on this terrible schedule of working like in factories. In like 12-hour days on yeah. weekends too. So it's pretty pretty sad to hear that. Yeah. Um, corporation's going to corporate yeah. at the end of the day. And, and unfortunately, there's also the the video of, uh, I don't know if you saw, of Taika Waititi and Tessa Thompson like making fun of some of the visual yeah, effects. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I thought that was just... It was coincidentally bad timing for when yeah. this, all these allegations and working conditions started getting revealed on Twitter and Reddit. So both those stories happened at the same time, and people took that that video of them making fun of the visual effects shots very negatively. Obviously, also someone at the Oscars made fun of visual effects last year. I think it, I think it was Amy Schumer made a joke about visual effects artists. Maybe something, but that wasn't cool. But again, this isn't just Marvel Studios. Visual effects artists deal with this with every studio. In fact, the the biggest the the biz, biggest example is the the effects team that made Life of Pi. They won the Oscar that year for visual effects. That company, but they also went bankrupt that same year because they were overworked and underpaid for their jobs. And they probably couldn't get another uh, job. Exactly. In time. Yeah, they couldn't afford to keep their employees. So that company, even though they won the Oscar and they were also nominated for another movie that year. So, like, the best of the best artists, that company went bankrupt that same year. That's crazy. Yeah, it's really sad. It's it's a tough industry for visual effects artists in the movie industry. They're so underappreciated, too. Yeah, really like, Life of Pi is an example of that, that one best cinematography, but it was all green screen. Yeah. And the visual effects artists are really the people who made that movie. Mm-hmm. Not to say that. Yeah, he, not to he's, say this. He's, not, he's a great cinematographer. Roger, I think uh, Robert Richardson made that. Amazing cinematographer. So, uh, it's I'm just saying, like... He got the award, and then they got, they lost their jobs. Yeah, that's the irony it's of the bad. industry for visual effects artists. All right, well, we we appreciate them. Yeah, because we know how hard they work. Anyways, that wraps movie news number fifty six for this week. Got some great episodes coming for you this week. We have the girl with the dragon tattoo tomorrow on Monday. The David Fincher film starring Danny Craig as well it's Craig. as Craig Craig Danny Craig as well as Rooney Mara. Take care. Goodbye, y'all. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.